exploded on its first test flight Thursday and crashed into the Gulf of Mexico. So what happened and what does this mean for future flights? We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's Canada's Research Chair in Planetary Astronomy, Associate Professor of the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of British Columbia, and Co-Director of the Outer Space Institute. Dr. Aaron Boley is joining the show. Dr. Boley, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about this about this test flight for this giant rocket. Yeah. What was the original mission supposed to be? What would have, what would have been the better outcome? What's the point of this? Well, if, if it had gone perfectly, uh, then the uh, Super Heavy would have been able to lift Starship into orbit, and then it would have um, uh, then come back down, or Starship would have come back down, and splashed in uh, the Pacific Ocean. So it was not intended to be recovered, um, and it really was, you know, this this test of the system, um, kind of the minimum uh, uh, capacity for the system that I would have to be able to perform. Hmm. Um, and they were using this largely to get, you know, as much information as they could about the flight characteristics, because this is absolutely something that has not been done before. And um, the in terms of both the size and the mass of the rocket, uh, uh, including the ability to uh, recover um, components, because the super heavy will is intended to be landed, um, like the smaller Falcon 9, and then Starship is also supposed to be landable. So, if this is all supposed to, um, you know, be be a lesson to be learned, are we looking at this like it was a complete abject failure? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to depend. It's, it's not going to be a complete failure. Uh, and uh, I, I think, you know, you hear a lot of that in the news and, you know, certainly people's mind goes, well, how much of that is kind of marketing? Um, it's it's definitely not a complete failure. And, you know, how much success they get out of it really depends on how much they learn from the experience, what data we're able to tell them about why the separation didn't happen, because that's ultimately what happened, at least at that stage is that the um, super heavy and starship were not able to separate as planned so and it caused it to tumble right right and as I'm reading about it, it I it says that this it, it, the images showed that several of the 33 main engines were not firing do we know exactly that's correct how many weren't firing I mean how how normal is this to to happen when you're trying to launch something like this yeah, I, I'm um, so uh, it's 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 not normal to have, uh, you know, not all of your engines that are supposed to be firing, you know, uh, firing. So that is a big problem. Uh, and this is one of those things that, you know, needs to be caught in the static tests. Um, for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. Now, this many engines being fired at once is not something that's being done. So it, it's it is just hard. Um, but we could really kind of compare and contrast the SpaceX approach to things uh, with, say, the NASA approach or other major space agencies. And, you know, the SLS, the Space Launch System, which had the very successful Artemis One mission, um, you know, that it's, it's taken decades to get to that point. And, you know, there are so many rehearsals and stops and goes. And that's just because failure for a, a governmental agency is not an option because you know people see their tax dollars at work and it's all of a sudden it blows up on 
launch, that's a big, big problem. And but for a private company like SpaceX, and they don't have to disclose, you know, what the cost of that right. experiment was, and they can take this approach, where they can, you know, accept a much higher risk and just launch the thing and see what happens. So during these static fires, they they didn't uh, get all the engines uh, to go, if I if I recall correctly, and you know they tried to correct it, and apparently there's still an issue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Elon Musk himself said that it was it, it was the fifty fifty odds that this spacecraft would even reach orbit. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I have no idea, you know, if if he actually uh, if, if someone actually know, <laughs> knew what the odds were. But yeah, they, they weren't in their. I don't think the odds were in their favor of, of getting this particular launch to work. <laughs> so so then why go about it? Why not wait? It seems like it just wasn't ready. Yeah, uh, so I, I mean, I generally agree with that statement, but this is kind of the, um, you know, back to this government model approach versus where, you know, failure is not an option because the program could get shut down versus a more Silicon Valley type of approach. Let's break things and let's learn as much as we can as we break things. And so someone it, within SpaceX, a group of people within SpaceX did that cost-benefit analysis, and they decided they could learn a lot more by blowing things up than by trying to keep things on the ground and kind of going over another a number of years in the development. And I, I, I think that's, you know, uh, there's an actual calculation that people are trying to make and it's just an approach and which models, right? Well, that's hard to say um, other than, you know, it's, it's probably not good just to blow things up, but well, <laughs> you I mean, can move, you can move faster that way too. But as a private company, I mean, their interest obviously is going to be in making money. And this, the plan is to use Starship to send yeah. people to the moon. And there's already interest from investors that, that want to take part in, in going to uh, in, in going to space, the moon, eventually right. Mars. Does this, is this worrisome to, to from your perspective when it comes to how capable this company is to pull this off when they make these big mistakes? How much damage does this do? Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much damage this has actually done to the SpaceX brand um, just because um, they've already established themselves as a company who's going to do this. They're going to blow things up as they attempt mm -hmm. to do it, and, and it hasn't bothered investors that much. Uh, the Grasshopper, which was, you know, their the test sequence of their landing system, that that thing <laughs> blew up all the time. Um, the original landing uh, of the Falcon Nines, for example, that was uh, really getting pushed um, to kind of the limits of the company. And you know, there's a question if you know that last launch where the Falcon 9 finally landed. If that had failed, would SpaceX um, be around today? And that's a, you know, you know, we can put that out there. We don't know what the answer is, but that's, things were actually really, really tight from the company from like, kind of what the, the chatter is within the, the uh, kind of the inside discussions and so forth. So uh, they've already established themselves as being, a, you know, this type of approach. So I don't think this explosion will hurt investors, particularly uh, or their their willingness to invest in SpaceX, particularly since there was the accomplishment of taking something that's 120 meters high, two giant rockets that are put together and launching it. Um, 
successfully off the pad, ending in a, a tumble and self-destruct. What's the perception of SpaceX as a whole from from the the insider community that you're sort of speaking to? Well, you know that uh, it's it's not one single perspective. Hmm. So that is really a difficult thing to answer because um, there is an acknowledgement that the company has been making real strides uh, in, um, you know, in spaceflight. I mean, the Falcon 9 uh, is doing things that was not really seen as a, a, a serious thing to be doing, you know, a decade ago or so. Uh, and they're they're accomplishing it. Their Falcon 9 rockets now are uh, some of the best rockets. And um, the Crew Dragon uh, capsule servicing the ISS uh, and, and ferrying astronauts is a really, really good system. And so kind of that component is definitely very favorably viewed. Uh, this kind of approach of let's, let's just practice things and, and um, not care if they blow up, that's not viewed as favorably, but at least you know, for for at least a lot of people. But it must be, it must uh, be kind of exciting it. to to watch it. I mean, you do, I suppose, learn learn something oh, from oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, as uh, a spectacle, it was absolutely amazing to watch. <laughs> and uh, and I mean, these things are powerful, and it is it is incredible to witness a rocket launch. So I've not seen you know anything as massive as the you know the super heavy there wasn't anything as massive as super heavy but i've had the privilege to actually see some uh, space shuttle launches experience those and i mean you feel the launch it's 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 this amazing experience to see humanity accessing space and to take something like the super heavy um uh, or any heavy lift type of rocket, that is um, um, quite an experience, whether it is successful or not. And hopefully it is successful. Well, it's, yeah, it's certainly been something uh, something worth discussing because it was, yeah, definitely a spectacle. Uh, Dr. Boley, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise. Uh, great to chat with you as always. Thanks for having me. Of course. Take care. That's Dr. Aaron Boley, who is Canada's research chair in planetary astronomy. He's also the associate professor of the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of British Columbia and co-director of the Outer Space Institute, talking, of course, about SpaceX's rocket exploding during its first test flight.